To unlock new experiences, you have to go past the parking lot, past the ranger station, past the places you know. Our national parks are our national treasure. Places ancient, epic, and wild. Where moments are simple and friendships come alive. To celebrate the centennial of our national parks, our team at REI wants to help you to go deeper and explore our nation's most inspiring places. REI, a life outdoors, is a life well lived. You're listening to the Dirtbag Diaries, a production of Duct Tape Thin Beer, with additional support from Patagonia, Kuat Racks, and Fireside Provisions. So we're actually standing right in front of our bedroom door right now, which is like a big glass double door. So every morning when we wake up, we just like roll over in bed and look at Long's Peak, which is, I mean, in my biased opinion, the coolest mountain in Colorado for sure. And we look, our house faces directly at the diamond face, which is like a 2,000 foot big wall that tops out at 14,000 feet. So it's a pretty cool view for a climber to have right from there. <laughs> this is Tommy Caldwell. He and his wife Becca and their two kids, Fitz and Ingrid, live in Estes Park, Colorado. Walk 20 feet out their back door and you cross the boundary of Rocky Mountain National Park. Here's Becca. I was even telling Tommy last night, like we were outside and you could smell the trees and I was like, oh, I remember as a kid coming out here and just like smelling that smell. I think I just kind of always had a heart for the mountains. Both Becca and Tommy feel a strong connection to the park which, it turns out, is somewhat unique for young people who have spent time in Estes during their formative years. I feel really lucky to be from a place that was just so fun as a kid, which is really interesting because none of the other kids embraced the mountains in that way. All my friends growing up, you know, they knew the national park was there, but it was almost like they knew the television was there, like you could go and look at it and it was pretty, but they didn't really know how to like use it. Kids and the outdoors. For the last decade, it's been a hot topic. Best-selling books like Last Child in the Woods or Barefoot in Balance lament the loss of children's physical connection to nature. Decreased time outdoors is linked to rising obesity rates, increased ADHD, myopia in kids. Experts worry that the outdoors can't compete with an iPhone, video games, or social media networks. And when it comes to our nation's best idea, the data suggests that there may be something to worry about. The average age of a visitor to Rocky Mountain National Park, 46. Not bad. Yellowstone, 54. Denali, 57. In the last two decades, the average age of a visitor keeps increasing. Maybe that's understandable with the baby boomers hitting retirement age. What's not, though, is that the number of visitors under the age of 15 has decreased by half since 2005. Let me repeat that. In the last 10 years, visitation by kids to parks has fallen by half. And that leads us to a troubling question. If the next generation doesn't get outside or use the natural world, how can we expect them to conserve and care for it? How do we alter the course of that trend before we end up with a generation of kids without a connection to our landscape? The Caldwells, well, they may have found a way. It's pretty simple, really. Today, we are headed to Rocky Mountain National Park for the next installment of Milepost, 
our ongoing exploration of the intersection of people and parks. I'm Becca Cajal, and you're listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. When he was three, um, I bribed him into climbing Twin Owls with me here in Estes Park because we'd given him a uh, Spider-Man kite. And the idea was to get on the top of Twin Owls and we're going to fly the kite. This is Mike Caldwell, Tommy's dad. An avid climber and skier, Mike and Tommy's mom, Terry, happily integrated two kids into their love of the outdoors. So roped him up and, and took him up there. And uh, windy day, uh, but we got the kite up and flew it for about a half hour. And then the kite string broke and away the kite went. But Tommy was okay with that. Um, I think he was just completely satisfied with that day. Do you remember that? No. I, you know, I have these, like, vague flashes. Like, I don't remember the Twin Owls one at all, but I do remember I have this very vague flash of around that same time in my life of sleeping in a snow cave um, up in the mountains here and having this mouse, like, clunk come in all night long and my dad, like, clonking it with a shovel. I don't remember that there was a blizzard going on, but, of course, my parents tell the story that way. <laughs> like, my mom was at home and my dad was out with me and my sister and I was three and she was, like, five the memories from my childhood, I'm always playing outside in our yard. And I remember we would spend time camping and doing all those things. And then my great aunt lived out here in Estes Park. Um, and so we would come to Rocky Mountain National Park like most summers and spend a week and kind of soak in the mountains. I feel like something clicked in those trips that like kept gave me a heart for the outdoors. Most of my early memories are all cross-country skiing, like touring in the park. And we would do crazy long stuff like the Shrine Pass by Vail and uh, the Sourdough Trail up here and he had a great little snowsuit that was pretty weatherproof and we'd get out in some awful conditions and it never seemed to bother him. Life is about contrasts. You know, you don't appreciate being warm unless you've been really cold. You don't appreciate a great meal nearly as much unless you've been really hungry. Most people don't experience the hardships, and I think the hardships are really essential to, to being joyful about the joys. So when you had kids, did you think your climbing or your, your interest in climbing would change? You know, I, I thought it would slow me down. It sped me up. I climbed to the top of Long's Peak for the first time for my seventh birthday. Apparently, like, that's all I wanted to do for my seventh birthday was hike, you know, seven miles each way up to 14,000 feet. So it was like a, you know, 15-hour day or something, pretty real. And then we climbed the diamond for the first time when I was 12. That day, there's this ice coming out of this chimney on top of the wall and kind of falling down. And on a big wall like that, it looks like it's falling slow until it comes back by you and it, like, whizzes by. And then we got in a crazy thunderstorm on top and ran down in a huge, I mean, it's just a full-on adventure for a 12-year-old. That's kind of when it started to click for me. I'm like, this is a really interesting, engaging world to be in and pretty scary, but it made me almost like the fear in a weird way. These three pine trees in our backyard were like my pretend horses and like we had these big lilac bushes and we made forts. And so I think there was just something with like the imagination and like getting lost in this like other world. Though their experiences differ, both Becca and Tommy feel at home outdoors and connected to Estes Park in particular. It's where they met and where they've chosen to raise their family. Fitz Caldwell was born three years ago. They welcomed Ingrid three months ago, 
And like any new parents, Tommy and Becca considered how a child might change their life, particularly getting outdoors. You know, before having a kid, you have this like vision of what your family's going to be like and what you're going to do. And Tommy and I, you know, we talked about, we're like, we want to get our kids out, um, you know, and explore and do all these fun things and expose them to, to cool experiences. And so I think we just kind of went for it. I was a little bit worried about whether it would just like complicate things so much and we would, it would drop down on the priority list a little bit, I suppose. Um, so we overcompensated <laughs> for the first couple of years. Like we were out all the time, which I feel like was great. Fitz's passport definitely has more stamps than mine. The Caldwells traveled to Patagonia and Chamonix, Sicily and the Czech Republic. When they were stateside, Yosemite was like a home away from home. After Tommy's success on the Don Wall, daily life shifted. Instead of traveling for climbing, Tommy was on the road doing speaking events like Google Zeitgeist and TEDx, film festivals, and doing a lot of interviews. He started writing a book. While Fitz and Becca still went on trips, they were in Estes more than they had been previously. And Becca noticed a trend. So many families and so many kids and people, they just don't go into the national park being in the mom zone too there's everyone's talking about let's go on play dates and we'll go to this playground or we'll go to like this coffee shop or this zone and I was like why aren't we going out on like the trails and letting the kids run loose how can we change that like how can we change that for Fitz's generation and like encourage people to get out and so I was just like how can I make an impact this community even if it doesn't end up being a huge level so I came up with this little explorers idea basically like we're getting out who wants to come with us Basically, it's just like kind of a meetup where we pick a trail and pick a time and we get together and we let the kids like do their thing. Our goal was, you know, to have it be child-led where basically if the kids want to like take off, they take off. And if they want to like make it 30 feet away from the trailhead and they just sit and hunker down and are like throwing rocks or, you know, playing with sticks, whatever, like basically we just want them to like feel comfortable. Should I put Ingrid in the... Uh, yeah, I'll put her in the Ergo, or you can, whatever. Whatever. I'll put her in the Ergo and you can carry the backpack. Okay, let's go see who's here first. Just six miles from Estes and inside the park boundary, a mile-long trail encircles Lily Lake. Nearly a dozen kids, ranging in age from one to five, gathered amusing themselves by throwing sticks in the lake, scrabbling in the dirt, or hanging tight with their parent. The parents chat easily. Welcome to Little Explorers. And then, as if someone dropped the race flag, the kids set off on the trail. Some days we like actually hike, but a lot of the time it's like a little hike and then a lot of things. <laughs> the Little Explorers make their first stop about 200 yards down the trail at the water's edge. Shoes come off, pants get rolled up, or not. 
and kids and a few parents get in the water. It may seem chaotic, disorganized, or better known as fun. I think that having other kids to like watch and bounce ideas off of, because they'll challenge each other to try things that may not happen organically without a group. So I love it, and I'm like, I'm going to prioritize this pretty much as much as I can every week to be here, because I just think it's so good for them. It's like one of the best things that we do. You see all the birdies, Hannah? I think I went into it with like very low expectations. Well, we're going to do this anyways, and if people can come, that's awesome. And I think it was welcome. Like people were excited about it and just glad to, you know, have someone else to get their kids out with. Think you can walk across without getting wet? Oh, oh, I'm getting wet. Now, what do you see? And I think it's like held me accountable too because there's some days where it's like cold and windy and you're like, oh, I don't know, like, I don't know if I want to like rally and deal with this, you know, like every person has those days. And even if it's for 40 minutes that we're outside or even shorter than that. I found a raindrop. I found a raindrop and I think it's raining. You do? The kids are like at a point, like we've been doing this for a year now, so they're comfortable with each other and they're comfortable with getting outside and just the whole program. Kids are scrambling up rocks and they're like playing in this mud river, you know, and doing all these things and throwing rocks in the water and they're just like so at home outside and just like on the, like in their zone doing their thing and I was just like sat there and like watched all of this kind of like unfolding in front of my eyes and I was like, this is what I envisioned, like this is what I wanted, you know, seeing just kids psyched to be outside playing and like interacting with nature and one of the days where I'm like, this was, this was my vision and it just like fully unfolded in front of me. I mean, I know that Having these very memorable experiences outside, like getting in crazy thunderstorms when I was like, you know, 10. Um, these things, I'm pretty sure they shaped me in a way that wouldn't have happened otherwise because like I crave that kind of stuff. I crave that stimulation. I want to feel the power of nature. I love going out when it's crazy windy outside because I have this these memories of it as a child and but I feel like it does make it so that we see a lot of really cool stuff my one of my big flaws is I'm always too go for it and with a three-year-old that's not always a good thing like when I go out hiking with the family I'm like we have to summit a mountain and so I look at little explorers and I'm like this is actually really good for me to just let the let the children dictate what you do and slow down and it's something that I know I need to develop it within myself that's going to be better for the kids so I feel like that's the important part of like getting out with kids is like knowing that some days it's going to work out awesome and you're going to be like this is like this is what I envisioned like this is how I thought you know we're going to like be outside as a family and then there's other days where like 
it's not happening and you just have to be okay with that and then you try again the next day or like a couple hours later i feel like this world for her was pretty new when we first met him so she has this like youthful energy about it and this love of life and being outdoors and nature and travel and she wants to foster that in the kids probably a lot more than i would even and she's really figured out how to bring the community into it which i feel like is a great balance you know, even with us, it's easy to get caught up like in the emails and work stuff and just like be in the zone. And then suddenly you're like, what have we done today? That's the cool thing about this is it's easy and low key. Like you can go anywhere. Like we're super lucky that we live here and in Rocky Mountain National Park. But it's like one day we just came in our backyard and we have trees and there's like some green space and we just kind of wandered around. And I don't think it has to be anything like huge and grand and epic you know, just being comfortable outside, like then wherever you go, you're a little bit familiar. The Park Service is trying to increase the number of young visitors to national parks. They give free passes to the families of fourth graders, which is awesome. But if a parent doesn't take their kid with a free pass, nothing's changed. I think it was just my parents' influence that really got me out there doing it. And it was huge. It totally shaped my life. Getting more kids outdoors and engaged with nature will be solved family by family, parent to parent. We just went somewhere and someone was like, oh, I heard you have this like little kids outdoor thing and I'm pregnant and I'm really excited to be a part of it once my kid gets older and we can, you know, come out and go on adventures. And you know, I was like, oh, the word's spreading. Like, that's that's fun. And hopefully... The word will spread to communities far from the borders of our national parks. The green space near your house is just as valuable to your kids' innate need to explore, to be curious, to understand why bark floats or where the ants go in the winter. It's a choice and a commitment from the parents who continue to push themselves as they introduce their kids to life on the trail. Meltdowns happen everywhere, right? <laughs> and if a meltdown can happen anywhere, why not do it surrounded by sky and dirt, bird songs and water bugs? So, do I have you inspired to start your own little explorers club? Do it! And if you post a photo from your outing on Instagram, hashtag it, the little explorers club. I can see it, a network of Brahms getting out into the wilds. Support for Milepost comes from REI. Check out their National Parks app, a crowdsourced guide with beautiful photos and maps of the best trails. Nearly two dozen national parks are complete with another three dozen in progress. Go out and find your park. To learn more, visit rei.com backslash national parks. REI, a life outdoors is a life well lived. Additional support from diaries comes from the good people at Patagonia and from Fireside Provisions, mouth-watering meals for the campfire or cabin. And also from Kuat Racks, a little team of avid cyclists believe that they could build a better bike rack. From the transfer to the Envy, you're sure to find one that suits your style. Check out their lineup at kuatracks.com. And the Diaries is also made possible by you. Yes, your donations power us. And we thank you for that. Seriously, it makes a big difference. It allows us to travel, allows us to cover more stories, hire more people, 
do all that. So thank you. I'm raising my dirtbag diaries koozie to you. Koozie, you ask? Yes, you can have one too. To pledge your support, visit dirtbagdiaries.com and click the button in the upper right-hand corner. And give us what you can. We appreciate it. Music today from Justin Towns Earl, Published the Quest, and Amy Stolzenbach. The tracks are courtesy of Free Music Archive and the artists. Jacob and Nice Koto composed our theme song. And as always, you can find the links to the artists at our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. Thanks to Becca, Tommy, Fitz, and Ingrid for letting us spend the day with them and the Little Explorers. Here's a final word from Tommy. I have a huge amount of pride that I spend 80% of the days of my life, at least part of them, in a national park somewhere. Like every year when I buy my national parks pass, I'm like, this is the best money I've spent all year long. I'm, you know, I, I, want to, I want to have to buy it every month. You know, I love the national parks. That's right. Get your park passes. It's summertime. This episode of The Diaries was edited by Jacob Bain and written and produced by Becca Cahal and me, Fitz Cahal. You have been listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.